Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Good morning. It is Monday. It is Monday. Another great week to begin. It is. Hey, you know, I'm in Minnesota, and we have been blessed this last couple weeks with the move and cleaning out a house and organizing it, and then with January 30-degree weather. It's crazy. Well, at least it's not below zero weather. It was right after Christmas. It, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And it, when we started the process of the clean out and the move, it slowly got warmer. I'm thankful because the house that we're moving into didn't have heat originally. So we're out cleaning with a couple space heaters trying to be somewhat warm. Mm-hmm. Hey, I wanted to ask you, uh, uh, is there a, uh, like a Facebook page for, uh, it, the beginning said about, uh, uh, creating a, community yeah. of like-minded people. We have, it's called, I will send it to you on Facebook, but it's called Optimize. I did send it to you in your Facebook Messenger. Um, Optimize My Life, we have a Facebook group. and Yeah, you did. Okay. And that on there is our community, so people who want to um, meet our hosts, we have different chats for different shows. I have to set yours up yet. And we have a lot of our show. All 95% of our shows are actually recreated by request from people in our Facebook group. Oh, wow. A lot of topics of different shows get created based on what people ask for. Mm-hmm. No, I was just wondering. I was going through some of my uh, 
older books and uh, ran across this one book called uh, The Senior's Quick and Easy Guidebook to Using Computers, Smartphones, and the Internet. (laughs) (coughs) Pretty good. How user-friendly is it? It's not too bad. It's just uh, basically it's being read. It has... uh, has instructions on uh, Facebook, top tips to navigate social media, you know that that type of stuff. So I'm I'm going through it again, trying to figure it out. Because hmm. I one thing I'm not I'm not uh, tech savvy. Well, and the and hard the part is, <laughs> you know, it is growing, progressing, and changing on, like, a daily basis. So it's hard More like to an hour on a basis. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're never on there. And the sad part is, is the kids are like born knowing how to do it now. Yeah. What is up with that? And it's like built into their DNA or something. It's weird how they just know how to do things. Yeah. And it isn't where we teach them because we don't know how to do a lot of the stuff they figure out. But, you know, about this the other day, and, uh, you know, your generation and my generation, we have seen so much change and innovation. In such really a short amount of time. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to get a lot faster. That's what scares me. Yeah. You know, from life with TVs when you only got a couple channels to life when TVs were, they didn't run all night long. Programming did not happen 24-7. Oh, yeah, it did. Right. To, you know... A radio actually worked when you plugged it in and turned it on. Yeah. <laughs> and we went from uh, what was three three news broadcasting companies to over a hundred and oh maybe over uh, a thousand channels now. That's just nuts. And it's gotten so expensive. You know, it was expensive when it first came out. I remember, you know, back in the day, you know, a pay-per-view thing was a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You go to watch a sporting event on pay-per-view. You know, 
I'm a wrestling fan, so I grew up with wrestling. And mm-hmm. we were allowed to get one pay-per-view of a wrestling event once a year. <laughs> Me, I, li- I like the uh, more uh, roller rollerball roller ro- ro- roller derby. I haven't that seen was- much of that. Yeah, that's gone by the wayside, sort of like the dodo birds. Uh. But roller skates are making a comeback. Yeah, but not roller derby. I loved I loved roller derby. <laughs> that was neat. It's make it is making a a big comeback. There's over twelve hundred amateur leagues throughout the country. What roller derby? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. I'll have to check that out. They're probably online too, right? Yeah, these days what is right? YouTube, but no, you can watch it. I have no idea, but um, you even have junior leagues now. Oh, jeez. Oh my! If it ain't one thing, it's another. But mm. yeah, I enjoyed the fighting. <laughs> Did uh, you watch any of the games yesterday? Did I watch what? Any of the games? I didn't. Um, I kind of stopped watching um, professional football when it became political. Hmm. Yeah, well. And now all you hear about is Taylor Swift, who has absolutely nothing to do with football. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ern Kelsey. Yeah. It's like watching a soap opera now, watching football. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't get hurt thing at the halftime show for the Super Bowl. <coughs> yeah, I heard, what was it, Usher that was going to do the halftime show this year? Yeah. I like watching the Super Bowl for the commercials. Yeah. Yeah, some of the best ones was uh, way back, what was it? Uh, late 80s, early 90s. They had some really good ones on there. They were fun. It was the only time I ever yeah, watched not, commercials. 
now they're just stupid. I miss the Budweiser Clydesdales commercials. Yeah, they 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 were good. <coughs> or the uh, the Budweiser frog. <coughs> No, um, coming down with pneumonia. No, no, it's from cleaning the the old house. It was empty for a year, so it's all full of dust, dust and dirt and mice and stuff. And then packing all our stuff, and it's all the dust and dirt that's around. So my mm. face doesn't clean up, dry up. I have an issue with allergies. Yeah. I know that feeling. My husband likes to make fun of me about it, too, because he's like, you're in the military. You're around all this stuff. And I go, yes. But we don't have dust. (laughs) We clean (laughs) all the time. Yeah, if you weren't cleaning, you were getting inspected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you better pass that inspection or you're stuck. Yeah, that's right. I had con Andy one day into a GI party because he needed to clean the house, spring clean. Mm-hmm. He had no idea what it was. No, mine. He thought it was a real party. <laughs> so you want me to bring the food? He's like, sure, I'll help you get ready for the party. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that lasted a whole yeah. two hours until he realized yeah. that. <laughs> oh my! I bet it did. Hmm. My mother used to take down the uh, Venetian blinds and put them in the bathtub and let them soak and then uh, take them outside and rinse them off with the hose. You know, them things have been around forever and yet they have never created a good way to clean them. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? And, like, my mother-in-law bought those fancy cloth ones that you could never clean. <laughs> well, you can't throw them in the washer. They just, they're like That's paper and cloth. It, like, it, it disintegrates. Yeah. That's crazy. It's like the invention that everybody used to have in their houses. And it's the one thing you can't clean. No matter how hard you try. (coughs) It is. I've got a couple up, but I'm old school. I have curtains. Mm -hmm. And then I buy the blackout curtains that I wash on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Clean the house. I'd, we had a 
major uh, water uh, problem upstairs came down to our through the ceiling of our kitchen and living room. We got boxes piled everywhere. I got to go through them, and, and that was 2015. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how much stuff you keep? Stuff. <laughs> yeah. A friend of ours, many many years ago, started a uh, a thing. And uh, she said, man, I'm just collecting too much stuff. She said, if I don't use it within six months, it's gone. And she cleaned out her whole house that way. That's what I'm working on right now. <coughs> I have, my husband thinks I'm crazy. I color code it and everything with garbage bags. So you have the garbage, which is a gray garbage bag. We have the black contractor bags that are all for donations. And then mm-hmm. the stuff we're taking is all in white garbage bags. Hmm. Now, my problem is I go through the stuff. I just don't know what to do with it. I mean, like books. I mean, do you donate them to libraries or do you want to sell them on, on the Internet or, you know, what? And a lot of places don't take books anymore because they're not a a demand for them. Yeah, I know. Everything's online. It's sad. Fortunately, around where I live, we have a couple of stores called uh, uh, the Million Book Club and uh, or the House of uh, Million Books. And they have uh, books in there from, like, whatever you want. I mean, they got journals. They got all kinds of stuff. They got uh, books on World War II, um, even uh, Greek philosophy, you know. So. <laughs> That's really cool. I need... After my bookshelves get built in the new place, I get I collect old books, especially mm-hmm. like um, historical books mm-hmm. and like school mm-hmm. books. Yeah. And uh, I bring them out for the kids so they can read passages of like different historical events and mm-hmm. how the same event changes based on who wrote the story. I have a couple on World War One that was written right after World War One. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the few you know, we they don't teach about World War One and really much in the details anymore. They don't do that with a lot of And they really don't teach history anymore. No, they don't. They just graze over it. Yeah, and that just uh, irritates me to no end. 
And even just studying the Constitution is something that, you know, you graze over it. And you study that for a little bit, and then you do the Bill of Rights, but that's all you learn. Mm-hmm. And then with everything going on, people are quoting the Constitution and are so in left field. Like the thing about Texas and, you know, how Abbott's, you know, guarding the borders. How how dare Abbott do that? It's like the governor has a right to protect his state. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Mm-hmm. And if Mexico thinks there's something wrong with it or not wrong with it and talking about how they're being invaded due to the U.S. lack of control over the border. We got an issue. Yeah. Well, we don't have anybody that uh, can yank up the the pants and Put on the big boy pants, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's the sad part is everyone just passes the buck. Mm-hmm. You And then they turn around and, you know, I have no problem with people coming here as long as they do it the right way. Yeah. But now it's like everyone comes over here and they they get, you know, tax-free. They get, you know, all these incentives. Yeah, and... I mean, and- Take them from us. <laughs> yeah. Who work. And they get on welfare. Got to get off welfare as quick as they could. And it's really hard to get off now once you get on. Yeah, I know. I don't know why. You'd think they'd want to do that. Well, it's, you know, when I was on, when my... Years ago, when my son was, uh, you know, was born, and um, the extra money you get, like if you start working and you start bringing in extra extra money, they take that much more out of what you get from mm-hmm. them. So you never get that one step ahead to get off. And that's where you have, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Yep. Most everything is a double-edged sword. (coughs) Yeah, it's... A grin and bear it. 
and pick the lesser of the two evil evils sometimes. Hell, what if you don't want to? <laughs> That's when you pick option C and And hope for the best. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like always say there's option E, all the above. Yeah, that should not even be an option. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know what our military is going to be like. Did you see who won Miss uh, Miss America? I did not. She I is. I didn't know a, Miss America was had a pageant this year. I, yeah, I didn't either until it popped up on my feed. It, she is a air act, first winner of that's been active Air Force. She's a lieutenant Ooh. in the Air Force. Nice. And I just have, I'm a double-edged sword when it comes to that. Because I really believe that she won to help with recruiting efforts because our military is at an all-time low. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. You know, all the people got that got discharged because they refused the shot for COVID, they're asking them to come back. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I laugh about it. I go, yeah, so how many guys now are going to join the Air Force thinking that's what all the girls look like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, BC glasses. I mean, you got a few pretty girls like that, but... You don't look like that. Well, it's Air Force, so yeah, they're allowed to wear makeup in uniform. But, you know, most branches, you know, you're not allowed to wear makeup or be girly in a uniform. Mm-hmm. going to be interesting okay. because... You know, my issue at the military now is the fact that people that are transgenders that are on hormones are allowed to join. Mm -hmm. And people with ADHD have to be off their meds for six months to a year before they can join because you're not allowed to be on meds to keep going. And we make an exception for these people. And they need to stay on those hormone meds in order to stay whatever direction they're going, whatever. So theoretically, mm-hmm. they're, it's like a diabetic. They're undeployable. So we're bringing in a buttload of people to get free surgery to fix themselves to what they want to be. And they're required to be on hormones the rest of their life, so they're not deployable. So 
after they make the change, what happens if they change your mind? A lot of them are regretting it. I know there was a girl, gentleman, whatever. <coughs> he was all over, like, CNN and Fox News. He was in the military, and he was thinking of trans of switching and having the surgeries done. He regrets having all the surgeries done, and he regrets all of it. And he's actually going after the the um, media for using him as the poster child and basically pushing him into doing it. No, that was his decision, or her decision, whatever. No, then I don't think anybody pushed anybody in, into it. No, but when you get, you know, you're a young kid and you, you know, start with this novel idea that's being forced down your throat, you're being programmed this way. And then all of a sudden, because you were in the military, you couldn't have all this done. And then you had Manning pulling the crap he did. And then, you know, you're on, all of a sudden you're jumping from spotlight to spotlight to spotlight and all over, you know, news talking about it and being encouraged and not actually getting that mental health help, help that you need. You know, a lot of people talk about the sad part is is the medication they use to um, for hormone replacement and all that stuff is mm-hmm. what we used to use for sex offenders. And we stopped using it for them because it was considered too inhumane. (laughs) Yeah. Because of the side effects. But what scares me is, you know, there's hospitals down in like South Carolina and Mississippi that'll do it as young as six months old. Yeah. So it is no longer a a choice made by an individual as an adult that's informed and understand it. It is now a choice made based on popularity and what the parents want. So how many kids were born mm-hmm. a girl that they wanted a boy and now they're going to make themselves a boy? Yep. You know, and then they're raising them gender neutral. So they're not even teaching what it means to be a boy or a girl. You know. My son decided to be a little smart aleck the other day. He's picking his nose. And I looked at him and told him to knock it off. And he goes, no, it's my nose. I go, I don't care. It's disgusting. And he goes, so, boys are disgusting. Deal with it. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I had to laugh and walk away. It's like, he's not wrong. Little boys are little terrors. They are. They are that, for sure. 
Uh, of course, little girls can be terrors too. Oh yeah, I was one of those. Mm-hmm. I was the first one out to play. You know, I lived on a dirt road, and our road, our house was the last house on the road. Or, and so when the grader would come through, he'd always leave a pile in front on the side, kind of like in the corner there, so we could sit and play. We'd run out with our Tonka truck mm-hmm. and go out and play. Yeah, now, now the kids don't know what that is. Right? Part of it is those metal trucks are expensive. Yeah, try getting an antique old toy truck. <coughs> <coughs> They last forever, though. Because my kids play with the ones that I played with when I was a kid that were my uncles. <laughs> and then we had the whole set, including the discs mm-hmm. and the farm trucks and the dump trucks. And... But kids just don't under- have an imagination and don't know what an imagination is. Nope. And the sad part is, is that, you know, parents sit and complain because kids don't know how to solve their own problems. So every time something gets hard, it's they either give up or it's mom, dad, mom, mom. And imagination play is the cornerstone to learning how to solve problems. Without imagination, there is no curiosity. <laughs> and there's no critical thinking, no analyzing. Einstein said, I'm not a genius. I'm just passionately curious. Right. But that's where all the problems get solved. Mm hmm. You know, that's why really there hasn't been any great new inventions being made. I mean, really, the last big, huge, you know, life-changing invention coming out was the Internet. Yeah, now it's going to be AI. Yeah. And that just scares me. I'm 70, and a lot of the technology that we have today, whenever I was growing up back in the 50s and 60s, it was just a pipe dream back then. I mean, Dick Tracy had the radio watch. Yeah. And now look at it. It's everywhere. You know, it's like the invention of the calculator and the teachers would always make the comment, you're not going to ha- always have a calculator with you. You have to learn how right. to do this by hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, math was never my big strong point. <laughs> yeah, I suck at it. 
And the new math is just confusing as heck. It's just old math that somebody decided to revamp. It is. I found a book, and I was reading it, and it's um, called Stone Math. And it was the math that they used to use back in the 20s. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and now I understood my grandma when, you know, she was a very, she stopped school in fifth grade. And, uh, but she's the smartest woman I ever met. Mm-hmm. She never stopped learning. But when it came to my mm-hmm. math assignments as a kid, she's like, I don't understand this garbage. And I couldn't understand it until I started looking at what she learned. It's like, okay, now this makes sense. But my question is, is if we changed it then, why are we bringing it back? Same reason why uh, they call it new age thinking. But it's old age thinking that helps with the health of people. But my thing is, is how can you call it new age thinking when it's just regurgitated old English, old thinking? Oh, I know, I know. It's uh, all in some someone's perspective that decides to uh, put it out there and just keep using the same wording. It's repetition, basically. Alright. No, it's like electric cars. We had them around in the 1900s when cars first came out. Mm-hmm. And they have the same problem as they do now. So for them, instead of yeah. plugging them in, you, you you cranked them, you wound them up. But they mm-hmm. were only designed for women to go run their errands in town. And what did we learn from it? That they're very unpractical. So why do we still have it? That's my question. Well, you know, and I don't understand the concept. So it's supposed to save us on energy, you know, and compared to gas cars, right? But you still got to plug them in to your house <coughs> so people who don't have, can't afford their electric, really can't afford to run their cars. Because your bill's going to go up sky high. Right. I don't. Uh, there's a lot of things that uh, goes on that I don't understand. I went to a car show uh, on Saturday up in uh, up in Harrisburg, and. Uh, they had all these new cars and everything, and I had my grandson with me. And I told him, I said, take a look at that price tag. 
He said, wow. Sort of get sticker shock looking at it. I said, yeah, I said, uh, whenever my dad bought a uh, Ford Galaxy back in the 60s, you know how much he paid for it? Couple hundred bucks. No, it was it was more than that. I mean, it was brand new off the lot, five hundred dollars. Oh wow! And he thought that was extravagant, and it didn't have all the bells and whistles like they do now. You know, but it was a big boat. I mean, it was it was a gas guzzler. <clears throat> Now, now, I looked at a bad uh, pack Mustang, and that was uh, for what it cost you to put a nice down payment on a small house. <laughs> right? And a lot yeah. of cars cost more than a house. Uh-huh. And what I can't understand is all these young kids were down there. I'm talking young kids. I mean, you know, mid-20s, early 30s. And they're talking about, well, I think we ought to buy this one or we ought to look into getting this one. I go, how the heck are you going to afford it? Mommy and Daddy? I don't know. My mommy and Daddy didn't <laughs> didn't help us help us out. No. It's it's interesting when you see like in the spring and graduation time how many kids get a brand new car. Yeah, that's just my son said uh he he wanted a a vehicle for graduation. I said, well, better get a job because I ain't paying for it. <clears throat> a friend of mine growing up, his dad went and got him a 48 Ford pickup truck. Mm-hmm. And they re they started when he was 12 and they rebuilt it from the ground up. Mm. And they finished when he turned 16. But he had to do chores around the house to help pay for parts. And then mm-hmm. he had a job to pay for the rest of the parts. But one, he learned how to fix his car. But two, you know, built his car. So he didn't treat it like crap. Right. It was his. I mean, you really don't see kids running around with little, you know, Rust pile cars, like what we did when we were kids. We were ready. We happy to take anything we could find. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you had to think about getting a tetanus shot before you got into some of them vehicles. No, yeah, you're not kidding there. Boy. <laughs> You know, you sit and put the uh, piece of tin down on the floor and, you know, 
tack it down because, you know, there's a hole in the floor. Especially here, <laughs> you know, in Minnesota when, because the salt eats everything here. Yep. The same way at the shore, the salt air and the salt will um, eat holes in your car. And I was really surprised, New York, they don't even have a inspection code. We don't here either. Oh, really? Yeah, we did away with that because so many people couldn't afford to. Um, we got rid of ours back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, people weren't passing and they couldn't drive their cars. Wow. Yeah, Pennsylvania still has theirs. <sighs> Mine's coming up pretty shortly. You gotta get the VW inspected. Now, is that something you have to pay for? Is that something that's Free. No, it's not free. So you got to pay a buttload of money to get your car inspected to pay for tabs and plates for your car on top of everything else. Well, you don't have to buy the plates again, but it has to be inspected, yeah. That's how the state makes their money. That's insane. With coffee? <laughs> it is. <laughs> I guess, uh, have you heard from Jimmy? James? James? I haven't. I need to call and check out. Oh, wait, I did. I talked to him yesterday. He came up with a great idea. James was going to give you a call. We talk regularly. Um, he wants to start an organization for senior veterans. For a place to go. <laughs> it's kind of like the Adopt a Soldier program. Hmm. But for senior citizens. Somewhere where veterans can be taken care of in their aging years, but it's not like the um, VF or the Legion. Oh, okay. I was going to say... Uh... Done the VFW and the Legion or something like that? They do, but that all involves drinking. That involves what? It all involves drinking. Not necessarily. There's a lot of during the outreach that uh, the Legion does. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of us younger generation, veterans of 9-11, um, we don't do much with the Legion and the VF yet just because it's 
not a lot of them our own age go there. Hmm. Basically full of a bunch of Vietnam veterans, so... There's nothing wrong with that. It's just we feel a little out of place. Yeah, well, you shouldn't. Yeah, but we didn't deal with, and we dealt with a lot of hard stuff, but y'all dealt with it a lot harder than we did. You got the short end of the stick in all aspects. And what did the Vietnam veterans say? Another generation will never go through this, what we went through, coming home. Yeah, and the sad part is, is that it repeated itself again. It's getting worse. You know, you had... um, that church that used to boycott and protest at funerals. No, they're they're a bunch of idiots. That's not, that's not get, church. No, literally, it was a church built by one giant family. But um. The sad part was is that a lot of us, because of some dumb kids that decided to bring cell phones with them and record everything they do, which you're technically not supposed to do, and did a lot of <laughs> yeah. dumb things, made it harder for the rest of us. Sure. There's always some idiot that uh, makes it hard for the rest of us. But I give a lot of credit to the Freedom Fighters and um, a lot of the biker gangs. <coughs> you know, they you know Legion, Legion Riders uh, here in town are are, uh, are Legion Riders, man. They, they're involved with uh, a lot of things. Um, charities. Uh, there was a young young kid that uh, had uh, had cancer. They did, they did a bike ride for her uh, and raised uh, some money for the uh, medical cost. So, you know, it's, it's not all drinking and it's not all uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, no, I know just, that's that's the sad part about it is just because you have a group of guys that do something bad and horrible doesn't mean all of them do that. And when you do these rallies, people don't realize that these bikers actually pay to join these rallies. It's not free. It's not held Well, Some of them guys aren't bad either. Just you got the select few that are. Yeah, I'm I know saying, a few right? of them. Yeah. But because, you know, they don't have a clean cut, haircut, and, you know, they're big and burly, and they ride a motorcycle. Yeah. Everyone looks at them like they're bad. Yeah. And who painted that picture? 
I'm so media. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> and who painted oh. the the picture of uh, Vietnam vets being mentally unstable? The U.S. government. Because, <laughs> uh-huh. um, and here's the sad part about it. So they tried, they did a lot of experiments with the Vietnam vets. And back in the day, using psychedelic drugs. And they found what happens when you do that. And our Biden administration has now approved to test and use them again for trauma. Yeah. Instead of giving them the real thing now, they give them synthetics. <laughs> and the sad part is, is a lot of those Vietnam veterans that got screwed up due to the testing that they did on them, because it was a trial, they did not get considered for disability for it. They didn't get help for it, and they couldn't, too. I wasn't diagnosed. I was thrown out of a doctor's office, a VA doctor's office, back in the 80s. And uh, I wasn't uh, I wasn't even considered uh, PTSD until 2015. 2015? Well, that's because we didn't consider PTSD as a diagnosis until after 9-11 and all this stuff was going on. And and it was designed for veterans to be able to get help coming back. And because they made it a disability, now everybody's got PTSD. The civilians took it and ran with it. Oh, you got spanked as a child. You got PTSD. Yeah. You know, your mom yelled at you? Oh, my gosh. That's, you know, you're traumatized. You're suffering. Oh, my. <laughs> my mom yelled at me. Yeah, I turned out pretty good. <laughs> well, here's the sad part now, is the new form of parenting is basically um, you let your kids decide and control what they learn and what they do. It's child, it's called something. We were talking about it on Thursday's show. But mm-hmm. like now child-centered rearing or something like that. And it blew my mind the more I was researching it because it used to be the fact that, you know, one of the requirements to start school was your unless your child had a, need, a special need, but they weren't potty, they were potty trained before you start school. Mm-hmm. And the growing thing now is, is that kids aren't potty trained until later on. Kids go to school in diapers now. Yeah. Well, our president goes to work in diapers. 
as a parent, for me, that was like the happiest day of my life when my kids actually got out of diapers. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have to clean that mess up anymore. Yes, I know. <sighs> so we are out of time for today. All righty. That was a quick hour. It was. <coughs> I need to go take the older you get, the, the faster it goes. So join us back here Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern with your host, Ed Theologian. Hello. Hey, even the dogs are saying hi. Yes, he is. <laughs> so have a good day. Have a good night. We'll see you back here tomorrow at noon. Bye for now. Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs>